You are listening to the Nutrition Wise Podcast, a fun and positive place to get real-life nutrition information from registered dietitian nutritionists. They bring clarity to today's diet culture in a judgment-free zone. This podcast answers all your burning questions and promotes family nutrition, giving you advice for feeding whoever sits at your table. Welcome back to the Nutrition Wise Podcast. And this season, we are doing question and answers, talking about all our most uh, talked about topics that we've had recently. And today's question is, how do I stop from going overboard with a sweet tooth or night cravings? That's such a good question. It, it really is because I feel like, especially recently, I've had several clients come mm-hmm. to me with kind of that... I feel like it's, it's, it's mostly in the evenings too. Yeah. It's kind of that everyone's eating supper, mm-hmm. everything's put away. It's kind of that downtime in the evening between supper time and bedtime. And that's kind of when there's some maybe TV watching and sometimes those snacking habits kind of go hand in hand with the relaxation or the TV watching. So that's kind of a big one. And some people say it's more of just a habit and some people say that they have some true cravings. Right. So that's kind of one thing that, um, that's kind of a, like another, uh, kind of a, a subtopic is, can we actually have cravings? Mm-hmm. And, and the answer to that is, is yes. If you go back and listen to episode number 24, it's about our gut, which is the second brain. And I'm not going to get into all the, de- I'm not going to, I'm not going to rehash the, the entire episode, go back and listen to it because it really talks about our enteric nervous system and how, how our gut and brain basically communicate with each other. But when we're talking about some of the cravings that if people kind of experience the cravings and, and feelings around food, basically, I'm just going to kind of pull out one little tidbit from that particular episode is that when we consume those really ultra processed foods and sugar, so things like the chips, the crackers, usually some of those very shelf stable uh, carbohydrate, highly processed carbohydrate foods that we love to munch on. Um, so when we consume those kinds of foods, it basically, it will decrease the dopamine receptors and make us eat more compulsively. So mm-hmm. somewhat kind of like drugs, like addictive yeah. drugs and these processed foods will trigger that dopamine reward pathway, much like drugs do and can cause cravings and even withdrawal symptoms. Mm-hmm. So that's why it really kind of lights up when we eat foods like that, it kind of lights up those pleasure centers in our brain and gives us that euphoric effect. And so in turn, we kind of tend to, to crave those things more and more. Um, but sometimes it's even more based on either stress or emotion. So yeah. if we are, um, maybe we've had a stressful day, maybe we got some bad news, Um, maybe we're dealing with a difficult relationship. Um, there can be definitely some emotions that would cause us to kind of reach for those. Uh, And and there's a whole other, there's a whole other thing about, um, what types of foods we crave based on certain emotions. So sometimes, um, like if we're, if we're stressed, we want something crunchy, or if we're sad, we want those, those kind of softer comfort foods like the mashed potatoes or the pudding or so there's a whole other science behind Uh 
certain cravings that go along with certain emotions. So, but that, but that can definitely go hand in hand as emotional eating is, is a very, is a very real thing. And a lot of us do it at least at some point, even oh, if yeah. it's not on a regular basis, a lot of us do it at, at some point. Um, the other thing is external cues. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason, and, and maybe this isn't a craving, but just a reason to eat. So that might look something like you're following a specific meal plan that says you have to eat every two or three hours. Right. So you're kind of eating based on the clock. That or just kind of our typical, what we would say, quote, breakfast time, lunch time, supper time. So noon is kind of, I'm gonna I'm going to use lunch as an example just because I feel like a lot of breakfast and supper times can really kind of vary from family to family, but lunchtime is really kind of right around that noon hour. And, um, and so for example, I had a client this week that said something about, she was eating breakfast a little bit later in the morning, but then she said she was eating lunch again around noon, but then was starving in between the lunch and supper meal and was needing a snack. So I said, well, are you actually hungry though? If you've had breakfast at 10 or 1030, are you actually hungry at noon or are you eating because it's, it's noon. Quote, lunchtime? Yeah, it's <laughs> lunchtime. And she, she kind of paused and she said, oh, well, yeah. She said, I'm not really that hungry. And I said, well, then you're probably eating a pretty small noon meal. Noon, like, meal. noon meal. And then, yeah, you're starving in between that meal and supper time. So then, yeah. yes, you're you're going to be hungry. You're going to want a snack. Um, so if, we're, if you're eating something like a 10 o'clock breakfast, then there's there's no rule that says you can't have lunch at two o'clock in the afternoon. And then if you're eating supper between six and seven, then you're that's gonna be a normal kind of eating pattern. I mean, we're kind of naturally gonna be hungry about every four to five hours. That's typically the typical metabolism kind of. Um, so yeah, there's no, there's no rule that says you can't have lunch at one or 2 p.m. <laughs> or even three. There's, there's definite benefits to that. I mean, right. personally, you know, I have felt that as well. If I'm eating my breakfast a little later and then I move the lunch out, I don't know about anybody else, but I have all these lunch and learn meetings. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I have to still sit at my computer and be in tune in a meeting. So I'm moving my lunch out naturally to one or two. That has really prevented me from doing that afternoon snack or being starving and cooking while I'm cooking or eating while I'm cooking supper. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a big one for me as well. So I think being really in tune and mindful on your snacking habits, mm-hmm. you know, what is the reason behind it? Am I actually hungry or am I not? And you actually talked about teaching the hunger scale. I know we both teach that a lot. Do you yes. want to describe how you teach the hunger scale to a client? Because it is so huge in trying to manage behaviors when it comes to making um diet changes. Right. And unfortunately, because of our, just our general diet culture Mm -hmm. these days, we are eating for so many external reasons, like a timing, you know, it's, it's lunchtime, it's breakfast time, um, or a certain meal plan, or you're following some kind of fad diet. We're eating for so many external cues and there's so much stress around food and eating that we've really kind of lost touch with our, with our own feelings of physical hunger. Mm-hmm. And so we use the hunger scale, we teach this to our clients so that they can kind of get back in tune and learn some more kind of intuitive and mindfulness practices yep. with eating versus they're having to count calories or what whatever that might look like. So when so when we're we're talking about the hunger scale, we use kind of a, I use a scale of 1 to 5. 
There's, there's different ways to do it. I use one to five because we, I don't feel like we don't need that many numbers. <laughs> just simplifies it especially when working with kids because yes. this is also something that I that I teach the the kids my pediatric clients um, so when we're looking at a scale from one to five one if you're at a one you are so hungry you will just you will eat anything we've all been there yeah. it's been we waited too long and it's literally like you're just you're gonna eat the first thing you can get your hands on yes even if it's drive-through exactly. <laughs> exactly or you raid the pantry yeah. and it's like what eating like, the bag of chips before yes. supper while you're cooking it <laughs> exactly exactly a two would be where you are hungry, but you're not starving. So you definitely need to eat. Your stomach is growling. You might feel a little bit lightheaded. You're definitely having, and you're experiencing those physical signs of hunger. A three is a neutral. So that is where you have, it's good. That's your neutral zone is kind of where you would be maybe two or three hours after a meal. Mm -hmm. So you're like, you're, you're comfortable. comfortable. You're not hungry. You're not full. You're just kind of in that neutral zone. A four would be how you would feel immediately after eating. So you are full, but you're not stuffed. Yeah. So you are comfortably full. You definitely don't want to eat any more food. A five is like Thanksgiving dinner day. <laughs> that is a five is where you want to unbutton your pants and go take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that is like, we have exceeded. We have pushed the limits. We, yeah, we, through. Yeah. we push the limits. So you want to eat when you're at a two and stop when you're at a four. And so one thing that I really encourage my clients to do is to use this hunger scale number one before you eat, before you put anything in your mouth. And number two, about halfway through a meal because you do kind of want to stop and evaluate because I think especially, I know that for us yeah. as moms, when you have especially little kids, you get used to eating your meals really fast because <laughs> you just don't have time. And I know my kids are seven and 10 now. I still find myself kind of hoovering my meals sometimes yeah. when it's, but it's, it's a habit. And so I sometimes just need to remind myself to slow yeah. down. Um, but it just kind of, if you kind of stop and take that pause halfway through a meal and kind of evaluate where you are, then sometimes that can prevent overeating. Mm -hmm. So just kind of really using that hunger scale. And again, it's, and it's not that you're always going to do that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, okay, let me pull out my hunger scale. No, like, it's so helpful. But then it, it starts to become a habit. You start to do it subconsciously. And you, like I said, you really get back in tune with your body's actual physical needs yes. versus that emotional eating. Yes. And I, one of the areas of struggle for me personally is the, like after the kids go to sleep between when the kids go to sleep and then when I go to sleep. So that's where I tend to want to snack. And I know you have a lot of ideas about this. And one that I really love is like an herbal, you know, mm -hmm. caffeine free kind of tea. Um, what about you? What are other things that you like to do during the time instead of snacking? I was going to say instead <laughs> of snacking or the alternative, what, I, what my kind of, well, my favorite is a glass of wine. Yes, yes. And and not and not that that's a bad thing, but it's not something that we want to do all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. That can get into a bad habit because sometimes then the one glass mm -hmm. turns into two glasses, and and not only are we consuming then too much alcohol, but also too many calories, just like yeah. you would with a snack. So yeah, definitely the hot herbal tea mm -hmm. has become a favorite. Also infused water. I love infused water. It's just a little bit more exciting than regular water. Yes. So and when I say infused water, I mean. Um, kind of either putting a, a lemon slice, a lime slice, um, cucumbers, sliced cucumbers. That's the most refreshing water ever, or even mint. Yes. So there are different ways that you can kind of naturally flavor your water that just kind of give it a little bit of extra 
I don't know, just a little extra pizzazz. Yeah, a little pizzazz. All the vitamins and minerals you're getting from all that infusing as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Or even sparkling water. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one thing that helped me kind of get off of the soda too was uh -huh. going to the sparkling waters. And again, it's just something a little bit more um, exciting than just yeah. just your plain water. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know at the end of the night too the snack is sometimes paired with something. So it's not necessarily that when I'm using the hunger scale that I am at the two, it's kind of like a, um, an external cue, as mm -hmm. you just talked about earlier. Um, so one of the tips too is maybe doing another activity. So that might be a good, a lot of people journal like in the mornings, like when they first wake up, but you can also move that to the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So that can be your external cue also, is if you read in your book, do your journaling, you know, turn off the TV, unwind, check out, and um, do something like that versus going to the pantry as well. Right, right, because yeah. what we talked, kind of what, talk, what we talked about earlier was uh, a lot of times kind of between that supper time and bedtime, mm -hmm. especially if the kids have gone to bed, it's kind of like the TV time. Yes. That's where we just kind of kick back, and but that's when I find a lot of my clients say, well, that's when I like to have my popcorn or what, mm -hmm. and it's not always that they're making an unhealthy food choice. Yeah. It might even just be popcorn, but, but there again, if you are consuming unnecessary calories, then that's going to be a problem as far as controlling weight. Especially if it's in a heavier load. So if you're eating like a big bowl of ice cream, let's say each night, mm -hmm. that is really different than eating like a small mini bag of popcorn. Right. I mean, there is, there is a difference there. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it, again, it's one of those habits that we just kind of need to break. So mm -hmm. it's, it's always a challenge at first, but usually after a week or two of kind of abstaining from that, or maybe even I've done things where it's like, Hey, pick one night, maybe maybe Thursday night, maybe if you have like a favorite TV night, mm -hmm. um, then that might be your night to have that snack or kind of that special treat. Uh, cause we don't want to completely deprive ourselves, no, but at the yeah. same time we, we need to, we need to feed our bodies based on need versus want. Now, if you're someone who's saying, okay, but I just don't want to give up my chocolate. Mm -hmm. like, I just don't <laughs> want to give it up. One thing one of my clients has found to be really successful is freezing like little squares or little Hershey Kisses or something of dark chocolate. So if you throw it in the freezer and then you allow yourself like that little nice unwind, it takes mm -hmm. so long to get that to kind of melt down in your mouth. It really satisfies mm -hmm. your craving. Yeah, and then you can use those mindfulness practices. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this one was such a good question and I can't wait to tackle others yes. in future episodes. So be sure to follow us on our Facebook page, or hop over to our website, becomenutritionwise.com, and um, send us a message. Let us know what questions you have so we can talk it out. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for joining us today.